Welcome to the Eye of Terror. Welcome to episode 18 of the Eye of Terror podcast. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. All right, lots to discuss today. Yes. A lot of data. Very much so. A lot of Uh, information to impart to our audience. And a lot of cat meowing. Um, (laughs) Alt Mystery Cat wants to add um, her information to the conversation. All this is very analytical. First off, let's talk about the new codex that's coming out, Death from the Skies. Or codex, whatever we want to call it, really. Codex supplement. Whatever the thing is. A brand new codex supplement that's going to add a dogfight phase to the game. Indeed. To make it even longer to play. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's about 160 pages long, and it has every flyer in 40K, except maybe for the Vendetta. We'll get into that in a second. Yep. That adds a whole bunch of new stats uh, that are relevant to dogfighting, like agility value and pursuit value and stuff like that. Okay, so we have it on order. It should arrive sometime this week, so hopefully by our next episode we'll have more of a detailed breakdown. But I'm I'm excited for it. Are you yeah. excited for dogfighting in yeah. 4K? Yeah, I think it'll be a cool thing. It's not really... Air warfare hasn't really been hugely emphasized in the game, so it should be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, and I'm sort of excited to see what new rules they'll be bringing out and if they'll affect things beyond just air-to-air combat or if it's just going to be air-to-air combat. That's yeah, well, even if it's just air to air, even it'll still be cool. It'll still be cool, but yeah. I think I do think that some flyers are given particular roles based on what I've read on all the rumor blogs. Some of the flyers are better at attacking ground targets; others at other flyers. It should be pretty cool. Alongside that is yes. a couple new model releases. There's a new orc sort of bomber or a new orc flyer of some kind. Yeah, which looks. Oh, as it looks orky, orky as, and as crazy. usual. Yeah, has very, like a freaking engine strapped on top. Like it has what it, has rocket engines strapped to the side. Rocket, and yeah. It has like a like a like a Cadillac grill. Yeah, in, Cadillac. The, front, <laughs> in the front as the air intake. Um, <sighs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, we don't play orcs, so we'll, yeah, we'll never get it. But uh, there is another uh, ship, the Stormhawk Interceptor. Basically, it's adding, um, I think, an extra sprue to the Storm Talon model yeah and it's giving it sort of i think slightly different wing yeah it's, it's, it's got just, wings for one yeah, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have the freaking like, little stubs the little engine <laughs> thing and revolvers or it has the yeah, it has, actually has wings it um, has wings it has a an armored cockpit and it has like a different gun on the like tip yeah i think so. the last talent it's called i'm um i'm a little not so crazy about the about the look of the model with the ultramarines paint job on it Oh, well. hopefully that changes once. Of course, they're ultramarines. My stinking paws on it. <laughs> well, no, it's not just because of that. It's just I don't know. It, 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 the armored cockpit looks a little too I don't know boring. So it's very practical. I'm sure it's practical in the I green mean, dark. You should have armor everywhere. Everything should be armored. Yeah, it's a very imperial attitude. Yeah, put, <laughs> put armor on it. Put man. armor plating and engines on it. Just <laughs> armor plating engines, guns. Yeah, that's all you need. And it'll, it'll fly. Trust me. Don't worry. Guys. And an undying faith in the emperor. <laughs> that's all you need, and and you'll win. Yeah. So so excited about basically killing, blowing things out of the sky. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of blowing things out of the sky, Battlefleet Gothic Armada came yes. out recently, and we bit the bullet. We got it. And we've been playing it uh, much to our delight and frustration. 
Yes, because it's because uh, <laughs> it's really freaking hard. Yeah, it's hard. Quite the challenge too. These ships don't do what I tell them to. <laughs> oh my god! It's uh oh we oh, so it's available on Steam. It's yeah, basically yeah. it's a digital version of the tabletop game Battlefleet Gothic, and you command large armadas of ship and perform different missions. Some of them are just to kill enemy uh, ships. The others yeah. are to escort, you know, like uh, transport ships or do other kind of cool things. Yeah. Um, and you give your ships individual commands and they execute them and they all have different armaments. And kind of like 40K, you have a pool of points to allocate among different ships to send on the mission. And then uh, and then you play the mission. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so we just started playing that. Uh, what, you, what were your first impressions of the game? Very, very tactical. It's very, you have to be constantly looking around at every, every single one of your ships. You have to be paying attention to all those, seeing yeah. what they're doing, making sure they're not, making sure they're, Courses are all plotted correctly and you don't have to uh, divert anyone super fast. You really need to be good. You really need to be good at sort of anticipating your opponent's movements. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like, um, for example, a good example of that is when you're firing torpedoes. They sort of just, they're not like tracking or anything because they behave like, you know, torpedoes in the ocean would. They just yeah. go forward. So you sort of have to like line up the shot. And like if so, if you're firing at a moving ship, which you most presumably would be. You have to you have to sort of anticipate where the ship is going to be and then fire there rather than just firing at the ship. Right, right, yeah. Uh, so it's not easy. No, yeah, no, it's not. I wasted a lot of melted torpedoes um, in the last <laughs> game I played, but it looks like fun. The uh, voice acting, like the high end forty um, k games, is top notch. <laughs> <laughs> Completely melodramatic and over the top. Oh yeah, it's, it's so it. Oh, it's such fun. Such yeah. fun. So they characters, nailed it. Characters in that in yeah, this universe are just so it. fun. So it's it's really great. It has a real good 40K feel. Yeah, everything's all... Like, all the ships are... All the ships are freaking super ornate, and they have, like, little... Spires on Spires on them, on them and, and it looks like, oh, Golden that's, eagles and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's if you love 40K and yeah. video games, this is a great, uh, great game to um, get your 40K fix. Mm-hmm. So g- check out the Battlefleet Gothic Armada. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, the real the real heart of the episode, and that is data, all the data that's been coming out lately yes. um, about 40K. Um, we'll, we'll start off with um, with our little poll, our little unscientific poll that we ran on Reddit. Yeah, that we just sort of asked people. Stuff. So we went on, We you know, um, I posted a poll on yep. uh, the Reddit Warhammer 40K subreddit, and uh, we got 482 responses yep. from, from all over the world. And the question I played was, which army do you play the most? Okay. Mm-hmm. Not which ones you own. Not which one do you think is most powerful. Not the one that, you know, the, the local meta. Nothing yeah, like that. Just which which army do you play the most? Right? Yeah. Okay. So here's here's the the responses um, we got. Wait, first of all, uh, you saw the... I'm not going to ask you to guess because you already saw the responses. I already but, saw okay, the responses. Right, so here, here we go. So far and away, the most popular army, to no one's surprise, it just generally speaking, are Space Marines. Yep. Yeah. We each could have guessed that. Who, who, I mean, would you really have guessed differently? Right. Not at all. Not at all. I don't think Reddit's that different. Um, And this is just among among people who decided to take the poll in Reddit. So this is not a general, like, you know state of 40k around the world these are people who go to reddit and yeah, decide to actually click on a poll the redditors <laughs> these are redditors right who are a lot of our audience by the way yeah. yeah hello we, we love redditor reddit. audience hello redditor audience um all right so 21 percent of the respondents out of out of 482 uh, total respondents 21 percent 
uh, indicated some form of space marines, yep. and that include Blood Angels, Blood Angels, Space Wolves, Grey Knights, everybody else, all the conglomeration of every type of faction, including Star Phantoms. I still don't know what those are. <laughs> I, 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 I need to. I need to know. Yeah. I need to know. Okay, twenty one percent. The next most popular army coming in at twelve point four percent was Astra Militarum, Imperial Guard. Yeah, which was kind of a little surprising. surprising. Yeah, a little surprising. Um, Yeah, wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought one of the Xenos armies or Chaos or something. (laughs) Right? Um, 12.4%. All right. Um, After that, what do you think after that was? Uh, I I forget. It was some, it was Tau, I think. Tau. Tau, yeah. 8.7% of our respondents um, play Tau. The Cowardly Fishman. And then (laughs) 7.6% play Tyranids. Yeah. And then 6.8% play necrons yeah all right so what is what is missing that you would think these are the top five armies according to the poll that we took Uh, space marines astromilitarium tau tyranids and necrons i would i would have thought for sure chaos space marines would have appeared in that list not not because they're obviously they're (laughs) underpowered and the the codex is way out of date and they're not competitive but just based on the Um, Based on people sort of loving the army and yeah. a lot of people saying how they love the look of the army and the whole concept behind it, you would expect to see more chaos here. But not on this poll. Yeah, not in this poll. So I'm a little surprised. Uh, also, I'm surprised that the, I'm surprised the Necrons were higher. To, yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, I mean, no, I'm surprised the Necrons were in the top five, actually. Yeah. And, and not in the top five were Eldar. Which is crazy because that's like a major part of the meta. It's so. currently, I would say, the top performing army in the local in the competitions around the world right now. Yeah. The Eldar, not in the top five among not people top five. on Reddit anyway. So yeah. that's that I think was interesting. All right, so among the um, the Space Marines, mm-hmm. um, here's a breakdown of popularity among Space Marine chapters. Mm-hmm. All right, number one most popular Space Marine chapter. Were the space wolves? Oh, yeah, kind of, kind of surprising. Yeah, the mm. Vikings in space. Vikings in space. Vikings never, never appealed to me. Uh, no, you don't no. want to. You have no love for Valhalla. No, I like a little bit more refinement in my space marine. Yeah, in my in my eight foot tall, genetically enhanced meta human. Well, you have fun <laughs> if you have fun with that. You have fun with that nipple armor. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the second most popular one is the Blood Angels. Yep. Now, now there's a proper chapter of the Astartes. Okay, yeah. Those guys know fashion. <laughs> they don't want to combine red and gold yeah, in, okay. the right, in right proportions. Blood Angels were next. Yep. After that, Grey Knights. Oh, yeah. I'm right. actually surprised at that one. Psychic, uh, psychic, the psychic powers probably contributed to that. Yeah. After that, finally, our boys in blue, the Ultramarines. High, <laughs> yeah, high, 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 median range. Yeah, the you know the the every man of space marines. Exactly, exactly. The poster boy for space marines. Yeah, and then uh, and then after that were salamanders. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Who doesn't like a good flame weapon now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So mastercraft. There you go. All that. There you go. Well, space wolves, blood angels, gray knights, ultramarines, and salamanders. Now, also recently in the last last couple of weeks, another. An infographic came out that really sort of tells tells the story of what's going on in the world of 40k it's um i think it's if you go to the site uh to tell stories.com you'll see what they're called the state of the war which is a look at the current state of warhammer 40k community and um these guys decided to put together a survey to learn about current trends in the 40k community mm-hmm. um and they did it through social media 
And they got 1,027 responses in the course of four days. 48% were from North America, 44% from Europe, yep. 6% from Australia. 54% were aged 30 or over. <laughs> and I should tell you something about the, the state of 40K right there. Yeah. Okay, it's generally, we're generally an older group Ugh. of people, right? 36% were aged 22 to 29, and then only 10% were under 21. We are the 10%. You are the, you are the 10%. I am the 10%. I, you know, I, what do you think? I, I think cost is probably the yeah, limiting factor here. Yeah, it's so expensive. And when you're yeah, young. Yeah, you want to start army, you got 600 bucks. When you're a youngin', you don't have. You don't have the kind of cash to play 40K, right? Yeah. Right? Your investments haven't paid off yet. <laughs> right. Those. <laughs> those uh, bonds. And high, yield cor- high yield short term <laughs> corporate bonds haven't matured yet. Okay. I don't, I'm, by the way, I'm currently obsessed with. Yeah, he has. He's been doing corporate this. short-term bonds. He's he's been talking to me about <laughs> how I should invest for for a little while now, Adams. You should have a balanced portfolio okay. consisting of U.S. bonds, okay. international bonds, U.S. stocks, international. Okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. We're, I'm fairly certain this was a 40k podcast right. last time. Right. I Just Google asset allocation. Okay, oh my that's all. <laughs> all. Right, invest young. Okay. That's my advice to everybody. All right, Dad. all right. So let's go back to this. So fifty percent of the respondents in this in the survey have been playing for more than 10 years mm-hmm. and only 10 percent have been playing for less than a year not so, a lot of new not a lot of players. new players responding to this you know survey again no, not, yeah, sci- know, not scientific it's I know. conducted over social media no just what it was a whatever survey it's right not, but it's it, but it's interesting it's the, still, the kind of information they glean 60 percent of the people pl- uh, have played at their friend's house 41 percent have played at a hobby shop only 19% have played at a GW store. GW, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. no, and then okay. 30% at a gaming club. Okay. Yeah. Uh, gaming I, clubs are things in, in the UK. They're not so much a big thing here. Yeah, in, I, in I, the I'm not aware of yeah, such people, things. We, we play 40K in our homes, in our garages, and in our friendly local game stores. But I think in the UK, I think I heard another podcast talking about this, yeah. is that people go to clubs to play. Yeah, I was not aware that there were clubs about this. Me neither, but so. you know. It's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It, yeah, it's cool. All right. Uh, buying habits. The average player spends 250 to $500 a year on the hobby. Cha-ching. But the older you are, the more you spend. Isn't that right, Dad? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you spend very little on the hobby. <laughs> I tend to spend quite a lot uh, because I tend to buy everything. Okay, 72% of the respondents spend 50% or more of their gaming budget on 40K. That doesn't surprise me because, yeah. you know, like pretty much 100% of my gaming budget is spent on 40K. Yeah. I'll occasionally buy a board game, but for the most part, I'm spending it on 40K. Or something 40K related like paint. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Or brushes or whatnot. Yeah, I'm obsessed with brushes. Okay. Um, 80% of all players like casual and friendly games. Makes yeah, sense, man. Right? 49% like campaign play. Okay. I'm I didn't still, know that much campaign play was sort of happening. Still interested in doing that. All right, we'll do a campaign play. You we'll got to do it. The pod, I'm sure all podcast right. people would enjoy that. Yeah. Like a storyline, all that loveliness. I know, because they want me telling them stories, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, a good campaign would be fun. Well, we will figure yeah. one out. Okay. Only 38% of the people responding like competitive play. All right. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, 29% like quote unquote big crazy mega battles. So like apocalypse are talking. Right. And only 4% just want to sit and build their little toy soldiers. 
Okay, that makes sense. The two the two point values that people most like um, are 1850 and 1500. Yeah, yeah um, I see those. Eighteen fifty tends to be uh, most preferred for tournament play, and fifteen hundred more for casual play. Eighteen fifty is more popular in North America. Fifteen hundred is more popular in Europe, and eighteen fifty is preferred by people with less than ten years of forty k experience, whereas fifteen hundred by people who have ten or more years of forty k experience. Sorry, that makes sense. You probably want faster games. Yeah, you don't have that much long to live. So, <laughs> my God, <laughs> all so right. You want the games to go faster? Okay, then. <laughs> it's because they've been playing for ten or more years. I mean, they're old. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. So, kind of like all right, kind of like our survey. It's, it's this is funny and interesting. Like our survey, uh, here are the more popular armies according to this um, survey. Number one, the uh, the first tier, fifty percent. Of all players who took this survey, have Space Marines in their possession. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fifty percent. Uh, the second tier yeah. is consists of Imperial Guard, Orcs, Tau, and Chaos Space Marines. Hey, JGW. Notice how three or four of those are uh, sort of yeah a little underwears. You want to want to know how to preach yourself? Let's not preach here. Let's just talk about the data. All right. Just tier, tier three just... included Eldar, Tyranids, Chaos Demons. Dark Eldar, Necrons, Imperial Knights, Inquisition, Blood Angels, Dark Angels, Space Wolves, Grey Knights, and Admech. Yeah. Okay. And Tier Four, that apparently very few people had any of these these armies were Corn Demonkin, Harlequins, and Sisters of Battle. Yeah. Right, most so you, Alec, fall into Tier Four because you have mostly yes a Corn Demon. I would be in Tier Two, but yeah, I yeah. Thirty three percent of people who responded said that Space Marines are their primary army. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah. you know they're yeah. space marines; they're everywhere. That we—that's higher than ours. Are we only have twenty-one percent? But I think redditors are more original than the rest of the world. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Little fan service for our Reddit fans. <laughs> yes, we're appeasing the Reddit. Okay, so the question: the, the survey also asks, who do they think is the most powerful army? What do you think the response was? Well, it's one—it's one of the Trinity. It's well, who do you think the number one was? Uh, number one was probably Eldar. Eldar. Eldar yeah. got 55% of the vote of people. Yeah. yeah. So the perception is Eldar is the most powerful. Yep. Uh, in second place was Tau with 16%. Okay. Space Marines after that and then Necrons. That, yeah, that seems about right. All right. Who do you think the uh, survey voted as the least powerful? <sighs> oh... I know the answer to this. Go ahead, Ted. Oh, it's Chaos Space Marines. No. No? Sisters of Battle. Oh. Uh, is That's who they voted as the least powerful, perception-wise. Uh, perception oh, perception-wise. Right? And then and then after that was Chaos Space Marines. Oh. Yeah. At least, at least uh, we're perceived as a little better. Yay. I'll take it. I'll take it. So 54% of the people who play Space Marines are the ones who said Chaos Space Marines are the least powerful, <laughs> which makes sense. Uh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here are the uh, words most often used to describe 40K in the survey. Yes. The number one word, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> then entertaining. Oh. And then fun, creative, All right. overpriced, oh. quality, complicated, futuristic, and frustrating. Interesting. <laughs> In- I, I, I didn't actually expect frustrating. Uh, the perception is that uh, GW's product line generally is creates superior models but inferior rules, which is interesting. Yes. Uh, I mean. In terms of the current codex, uh, respondents think that 7th edition is 
best by far. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Fifth edition is the next closest. All right. And then uh, very few people voted sixth edition as being any good. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you should check out, go to tutellstories.com and check out the rest of the data in this very long and very entertaining infographic that has all of these stats broken down in easy to read charts and graphs. <laughs> that was a nice little sales pitch you got there. Well done. Well, I mean, it's cool. They spent no, a lot of time no, it is compiling this and it, it, I think they, that is pretty fascinating. It has a nice presentation. It It's all very, it looks quite nice. It does and, look and, quite and nice. It's, uh, it's very interesting. It is very interesting. Okay, even more information got dropped um, this last couple of weeks. So GW updated its Facebook page with like 40 plus pages of FAQ questions and answers. And the yep. way they did it is to drop individual pages down that address like a single topic, like say assault or artillery units or something. And they put a lot of the FAQ questions in there. It was released as a document for discussion. So it's not a final FAQ from GW. It's an unofficial like draft of what an FAQ might look like. Going through it, I found typos and I found like some answers that didn't seem to make sense in the context of the question. So it looks like it's a little disorganized and not perfect, um, but it's sort of a, a, a living document, something that's, you know, out there for public comment. But I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's good. To, it's good to see GW do something like this and be like, good, well, we can now we're going to finally answer some of these. Yeah, questions like a typical, that some had. A typical question uh, like an assault was like, can a single model charge more than one unit? Yeah. And the answer is yes. And and you think how how is that possible? Well, think of a like a giant monstrous creature or a gargantuan creature or you know, flying monstrous creature, something like that that has a large base. Yeah, something very if it can reach both base contact with two armies or two units, um, then clearly it can multi charge, right? Yep. Right. That would make sense. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's a clarification that's in there. Another clarification was that it addressed the whole toe in cover controversy. One of the, uh, you're, you're looking at me like you don't know this. So in competitive play, yes, gargantuan creatures and, you know, monstrous creatures have often availed themselves of cover by basically putting part of their base touching like, you know, terrain and then saying, I avail myself of this terrain. I get the full value. And, and they've got some sort of buffs that allow them to give like, you know, end up with a two plus terrain, like a cover save. Because they have a toe and cover, oh. and that's it's so cheesy, and it and everyone like hates it. And if you read read the rules as written, some people interpret that that's what it means. So the, with this FAQ clarified that that no longer is the case. The model has to follow the rule of being twenty five percent or more obscured in order to avail itself of the cover save of the terrain. So that answers that question. Okay. So that's going to be like a good, I think, a good clarification for yeah, the game. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's what, that's exactly what I'm, that's what I mean. Like, why I'm happy to see this, so that way we can sort of, it's, it's progress on the rules because GW rules have been pretty, they've been pretty good. They've been pretty good thus far. They've been doing yeah. a lot of good things recently, and it's good to, and it's like they've been releasing a lot of cool models and like the board games and all that. So it's, so I'm hoping that this will be like, this is like sort of a herald of what's to come and they'll be improving then they'll be doing a little improvements like that yeah and I, and I think yeah this is good for the game good for yeah. the hobby to get clarification on rules that we fight about yeah 
because like as we talked about in the last a couple episodes ago, rules discussions are the things that yeah. often lead to, you know, the heated exchanges that make for bad experiences when you play. Yeah. So that this very much helps. One of the rules that I I saw FAQ'd in draft form that really disturbs me though. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Was one that said that Battle Brothers can't start off in their buddies dedicated transports in hmm. okay like it mean it's so so the question becomes so that means like so that normally let's say you have let's say you have a dedicated say rhino for yeah, you know, yeah, yeah a no. tactical squad you couldn't have yeah. like imperial guardsmen in there right like so let's say so like in a, like a guard like a character independent character from an imperial guard thing couldn't be in there because well, he, would be he from probably a he, he probably could join the unit as long as the unit is inside the rhino. But no, 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 wait, wait, wait. what do you, I would have? Wait, wait, wait. okay, okay. So, so let's just make it simple. Let's not even bring independent characters into it for a second. Okay. So here's a scenario. Okay. Now I'll, first, I'll do one scenario, and then we'll do another. Okay. Oh, so the okay. initial scenario is like Space Marines have a rhino as a dedicated transport. Cool. And then you deploy. Let's say let's say your army consists of Space Marines and Imperial Guard. Yes. Okay. They clearly they're battle brothers, right? Yes. Okay. They're imperial right. armies. Yeah. Let's say you wanted to put your um, veterans in the rhino, your imperial guard veterans in the rhino. Okay. All right. You can't deploy with them inside the rhino. This FAQ says that if it's a dedicated transport, okay, then only your dedicated units, the tactical squad, can deploy with them. It doesn't say that you that you then can't have them embark if there's room for them okay. in the rhino, but you can't initially deploy with them inside as dedicated as, as Imperial Guard deployed on a on a Space Marine Rhino. All right. All right. right. Kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, that makes seem to make sense. Yeah, sure. Alright, so my question is drop pods. What about okay, what about them? Skitari, drop pods. What happens to all the vanguards? Uh, I've been taking oh, yeah. uh, you That's... know Space Marine allies. Then they can't get in. Exactly. I've been using Space Marine Vanguards, uh, sorry, Space Marine uh, allies pretty much only for the purpose of securing, you know, getting fast attack drop pods and then putting my Vanguard in there with a bunch of haywire guns. Mm -hmm. So they come out and they blow up tanks. That whole strategy of moving, basically um, getting my Vanguard into the backfield um, is now gone if this FAQ becomes official. So that's going to affect gameplay for Skitari and AdBank, I think, in in a big way. Yeah. Um, and other oh, people who take drop pods, you know, they take the flesh terrors, you know, as I think as a as an ally because they want access to a whole bunch of drop pods. I guess. Yeah. So any, would, anyway, so mech would be an unfortunate casualty. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the FAQ is coming out. I think it's going to give and mostly give, and then maybe do a little taking away. It might nerf a few a few shenanigans out there. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was a shenanigan tactic. But and it might, I, it might, I could see, I could see Panadrol for shenanigans. Like, yeah, but maybe it is sticking like crazy multi-limbed units and land raiders or something like that. With right. Like, uh, like, oh, like for example, a great example is like, um, like let's say you wanted to stick your what Imperial Guard priest. Yeah. Because he like invokes all these crazy special buffs. Yeah. In your Death Star, whatever, and they're in the transport. Right. So I guess it's sort of. I think that's a different rule. I think if he's a main character who's joining a unit, I think as long as the unit is I'm de- not sure deployed in the uh, dedicated transport, that's probably okay. But they're still the unit. But the independent character still technically qualifies as Battle Brothers for the other army. But I don't, so I'm not sure that would work because well that, that would mean that you can't. They'd ever, have to clarify for mixed units of like what for right. like the, yeah. So if 
I guess that's another important question to answer. Right. Well, it could be. Hopefully it gets answered. But I I would tend to think that you could do that as long as the principal unit is the one that's taking the dedicated transport. I'd have to see how the rule was worded. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't have our books in front of us. All right. Yes. So so, um, Alec and I have decided to play an escalation scenario Mm -hmm. where we're taking, we each have taken one army, one basically taking a one source army. Okay. No allies. No formations from other arm from other factions or armies. It's just one CAD from one source, and we're going to play an initial game of five hundred, and then after that a thousand, and then fifteen hundred, and then finally eighteen fifty. Yep. Okay, and see if there is a shift in balance of any kind when you do that. Why don't okay. we take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our escalation game. Allison Hayslip from BattleBots, and you're listening to the Eye of Terror podcast. Okay, we're back. All right, so we decided to play the escal- the first game in the Escalation campaign. Okay, so what armor did you take, Alec? Guitari, to start with. I took two squads of vanguards and two squads of rangers, and then I took the Onager Dunecrawler. I gave the, okay, I gave the vanguard squads the... I didn't really give them that many upgrades because I figured that that might be detrimental in later in late game. So I gave the, but I did give the um, princeps of both Phantom Guard squads, uh, can, the Arc maces, the Arc malls, uh, Arc malls, Arc malls. I gave them Arc malls uh, and refractor fields. Uh, I just gave the Ranger princeps refractor fields, and I gave the Onager Dunecrawler a neutron laser, and that was my entire army. All right, 500 points. And it was going to be part of a larger ADMEC army, right? Yeah. Like you started with Skatari. Started with Skatari. Yes. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So I decided to go with Tau. And so I took as I took a Cadre Fireblade as my HQ. Yep. I took a 10-man unit of Fire Warriors and a Strike Team. Mm-hmm. I took a 5-man unit of Breachers inside a Devilfish. Mm-hmm. And I gave the breachers, they're armed with pulse carbines, but also gave them uh, EMP grenades so that they also had some anti-armor capability. Mm-hmm. I took two four-man units of Pathfinders. And then I took a broadside uh, armed with high-yield missile pod and then the smart missile system. Okay. And then the um, the broadside had a couple of um, marker light drones and my cadre fireblade also had a marker light drone. So that was my 500 points. I came to 499. All right, so we decided to, we were going to play all the missions as Maelstrom missions. So uh, the first one we roll we roll was Contact Lost, which means that we start off with one objective. Yep. And then you can only get additional objectives in subsequent turns if you held on to objectives on the battlefield. So yeah. so if you <laughs> so it forced you to basically uh, take objectives. You know, if you wanted to get more objectives, and yeah. you got one victory point for every objective that you that you secured. Yeah. Right? Right. Interesting. So it, it forced you to be kind of mobile. Played on a four by four field. Yeah. Right. You won the you won the dice roll to uh, deploy first. Yep. And go first. And so you did. Yes, okay. I did. And I think my first turn was just movement, movement upwards. 
I grabbed an objective, I think. My rangers were sort of, one, uh, one squad of rangers was sort of perched up in a, like a sniper position. The other was on the ground getting, a, getting an objective. The Undergird Dunecrawler advanced up a little bit. Shot at a Pathfinder squad, I believe. First turn? Yeah, in the first turn. Only killed one with the neutron laser, and yet... They ran away. <laughs> they ran away. They off have, the table. They, so, have, they have leadership seven. And funny enough, not great. And funny enough, I had like um, a kill a kill point objective as my first objective. So that worked out. So boom, you got first blood and you got a kill point. So you're right away, right away up to zero. Yep. I had I deployed second and I actually had hid most of my very strategic tau. <laughs> in a place where Alex, Alex Army couldn't see them at all, right? But the Tau being Tau, as soon as Alex's turn was over, they peeked their heads over the fortifications and got themselves in shooting position. Mm-hmm. And, and I basically moved the broadside onto um, the top layer of a fortification or a piece of terrain and then had that shoot at the Unigard Drone Crawler. I was scared of the Unigard Drone Crawler. It, it shoots out a, a Strength 10 AP1 blast. Yep. Right, and that's what that's what actually hit my pathfinders, and um, killed one. But the other pathfinders were so scared of what happened to that one guy who disintegrated under the, under the neutron laser yeah. that they ran away. So this thing was like this. This is priority number one for me. Yeah. So the uh, the broadside goes to the top. I think we marker lit up the Onager Dune Crawler a little bit. I think I had ballistic a plus two on my ballistics go something like that. Yeah, yeah not too much. You know, a little, yeah. a little light, but. Anyway, I rolled a hit with my strength seven missiles, and um, yep. I rolled three sixes. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. the Unigard Dune Crawler is armor twelve up front. So this was three penetrating hits. Mm-hmm. Ah, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you failed your invuln saves. You were not in cover. Yeah. So you failed your. It has a six plus invuln save, and you failed your invuln saves. And uh, end of first turn, the yeah. Dune Crawler was on its belly there Leg, we, legs twitching like a spider and everything goes downhill from the on the side of there yeah yeah the heavy hitter is just now wiped out by the broadside and then the broadside after that decide even though there's no reason to at this point yeah. decides to hide it does its jump pack it does it does because so it's because it's, it's just very troll because it's because it's tau it's, it's tau 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 are tau are a bunch of internet trolls <laughs> With imperi- with imperialistic tendencies and pulse rifles, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that was my that was my turn one. I, I, a pretty successful turn one. I didn't score any victory points, but I got rid of I got rid of the big threat on the battlefield. All right. So what happened in turn two for you? I moved up. <laughs> you moved up. Yeah. That's that's kind of it. I didn't I didn't wasn't in range with a lot of things. But boy, were you! <laughs> well, you moved up closer to me, and you actually got into range of of, of what the devilfish that I couldn't, yeah, the devilfish <laughs> that I couldn't like damage, um, because I figured that taking haywire would have been a bad investment since the majority of your heavy hitters are all monstrous creatures because they're in suits, right? So I was like, yeah, I don't need that, but couldn't hurt the devilfish because of that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Delfish, I think, is armor eleven. Oh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Good. You didn't have anything. You had strength four weapons. Strength four, strength three. Not not helpful. Not helpful. Right. Those cancer guns, the radium carbines, are, I think, is strength three. But yeah, I, I'm real. I'm realizing. Yeah, this yeah, is maybe. <laughs> well, initially, guitar is not maybe ideal. Not the ideal counter to tau. 
too short, too short of a range for a lot of it. Yeah, I think you were dealing with the fact that most of your units had 18 inch uh, range. The Rangers had 30 inch range. The Rangers have 30 inch range. Vanguard had 18 inch range, so that was a problem. So I move. Okay, so what happened is um, you moved up a little bit. I moved my Devilfish up, and then trained its burst cannon onto some Vanguard. Yeah, and wounded them, and then the breacher stayed inside at that turn. I shot it. I shot at a whole bunch of them with my um, fire warriors and and killed a few. And it didn't do that much damage. And then my uh, broadside continued to attack the other vanguard that were up on the other flank, and I think um, uh, either reduced them, basically killed four of them. Yeah. Yeah. Four of a five man squad. Four of a five man squad. And so things had shifted um, now in my favor. So then we got to turn three. Yeah, turn three was essentially bent on running back. <laughs> <laughs> you were running away at this point? I'm not well, I'm not fully running away. I like my van like the last Vanguard guy is running into cover now because all his teammates are dead. He passes leadership at the test, so yeah. give him that. And at this point I'm just sort of scrambling because I can't do anything really. Yeah. Everything that I everything's out of range. My heavy hitter's dead. So you had a you it's still wondrous. had a, you still had a two I zero lead. I still had a two zero lead because he hadn't done any. I kept objectives. drawing the worst. I kept I kept drawing the worst objectives. Ever. Yeah, I couldn't possibly issue a them. challenge. Yeah, the towel. I was going to issue a challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I had the worst cards. Yeah. Um, so my strategy was to try and table you. So my turn three, uh, Delfish moved up again, um, released the breachers. Breachers came out and kind of wiped out some Vanguard. They killed. I think it was combined fire. I think it's combined fire by the from the from a bunch of things really. It was yeah, those, fire the warriors, fish. the breachers, and the devilfish. Yeah, killed them. So at this point, you had lost. I think maybe one or two units of. Oh no, one unit of <laughs> of, of of your uh, Vanguard. You had lost um, four man. Four, you're four out of five men from your rangers, and that last ranger was running to trying to get into cover. You yeah. lost your own a good dune crawler. Yeah, yeah. So the only tactic you had at this point was to basically We're, find cover and try and survive to the end of turn five. Yeah, and then there was the uh, the fateful shooting. I just I only had one shooting move. All right, so we go, to, sh- we go to we turn top of turn four. One and, sh- and then what did you do? There was just, there, I ran mostly. I ran back. <laughs> yeah, you started running away. Yeah, I started Robe, running away. Robes flapping. Run, run away, <laughs> run away. For the emperor, for the Omnisaya. <laughs> yeah. Be careful, that fish is dynamite. <laughs> okay, so I, one got, one people, some people were the, one of my ranger squad who were in the perch up position, sniper position, decided, oh, I'll shoot at the breachers. Right. And, you know, wipe them out. Because we had strength four AP four guns and then four plus armor, match made in heaven, right? So we get like a good amount of shots in. I yeah, roll. They were they were in rapid fire range. Yeah, they were in rapid fire range. Get a yeah. good amount of shots in, like seven or something like that. And I rolled a wound, only two wound, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, now I'm done. I'm done with this game today. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with this game. Yeah, it was terrible. You 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 fudged on your two hits, and then you did worse on your two wounds. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I did like seven hit. It was fine. Seven hits. Seven. That was fine. It was. An, it would be. It would have been enough to wipe out the squad. To wipe out the squad. But if you, I hadn't gotten like five whiffs of twos and ones, hey. <laughs> so you basically inflicted two wounds on my on my five breacher five man breacher squad. 
You didn't. You didn't kill them outright. Yep. I just. It, it was. Right. Uh, I did the math from there with all the shooting that had happened, and I realized I would fail my uh, cover saves at a rate to where I wouldn't be able to survive. Really. Yeah. The devilfish could have outmaneuvered my one hiding ranger. Yeah. That didn't matter. It's yeah. I'm realizing this might. This could be reflective i don't know i don't know because there's still the robots to come out yeah which are terrifying invincible behemoths of war all right so after <laughs> after your turn four you pretty much conceded after turn four you, i conceded. you realized that um you, you were being converged on by yeah. by tau from all all corners and that you weren't going to survive yep so you, you did the math i did the math yeah okay and i i, I agreed with you i mean i didn't i didn't, I didn't think you conceded early i i it was it was pretty clear that you wouldn't get table yeah. In the next two turns. Okay. So the next phase in the campaign is a thousand points. A thousand points. Okay. And I think you're likely to bring your Castellan robots. Yeah. Robots. Which are uh, so tough to deal with. Robots and the Dominus because the Dominus can just repair the robot, which would be hysterical, just repairing the robots. And if yeah. you give him like the freaking, um, that's like, it will not, he has an, it will not die cane. That's like an artifact. So if you just give him that, all of a sudden you have... Robot, you have toughness seven robots with uh, three plus armor saves, uh, five plus invuln saves against shooting attacks, the preferred attack of the fishmen. Um, feel no pain saves, uh, it will not die, and a dude who heals can heal them individually on a two plus. That's that's pretty good, yeah. That's really good. It, I've played that particular sort of lineup, and yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, the only thing I've ever seen. The only time I ever lost them is yeah. to your bloodthirster. My blood, my D, with, with the D eight, eight D attacks. <laughs> it's the <laughs> only only time I've ever lost my robots. Otherwise, they perform amazingly. Yeah. Okay, so you're coming up with that. I am probably going to bring in stealth suits. I'm going to use my finer points to bring in stealth suits. And by the way, the way we're playing the campaign is that it's additive. You you can't you can't like reshuffle your your army. You can only add units with every point increase. You can mm-hmm. only add elements. You you can play formations if you have the requisite units to f- to create those formations yeah. down the road. But uh, but you can only add stuff. You can't yeah. take away. So so I'm probably going to bring in God. I'm gonna, probably going to bring in stealth suits. I'm sorry, not stealth suits. I'm um, crisis suits. Yeah, maybe a commander to accompany them. All right, so that they can deep strike in your backfield and create havoc they'll have like monster hunter and you well know, let's you know, uh pure in gram chip and so you're gonna have them be sort of just like i haven't decided yet but um all right I, I but they, they they i mean they're gonna be great sort of jacks of all trades yeah i'm i'm scared of your robots mm-hmm. I'm, and i don't think i'm gonna have like enough high strength weapons at this point to be able to deal with them effectively. Yeah, that's going to be a- I mean the most I can I can really sort of feel is is strength 8 with fusion blasters. Yeah, hey, but you have your freaking um all all your guns, all your like pulse rifles are like strength 5. They're yeah. enough to wound. They're enough to wound, but the, but the robots are tough in 7. The robots are no, they're still enough to wound. It's just yeah. It'll be hard to wound them. Yeah. But so- I mean Weight of fire, the the the, the guard tenant of weight of fire. Yeah, can yeah maybe I, I, I suppose so. It'll be interesting what happens because my heaviest hitters like the riptide and the storm surge. I mean, I may not even bring in a storm surge at the end of the game. I, I have to figure it out. I have to figure it out. I don't know if I can field enough units to create a hundred contingent. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to see based off of yeah what you add on. 
Exactly. The All right. Tides. So so that's game one in our in our um, yep. escalation campaign. Game one goes to the Tau. Mm-hmm. Okay. Game two, we'll uh, we'll be reporting about that in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited. Yes, um, I am too. I'm interested to see where this goes. Uh, me too. I like the idea because when you we hadn't played a 500 point game in a long time. Yep. And it was like really fun because there's so few units on yeah. the table. First of all, it forces you the, the the list building is fun because you're forced to deal with like very limited resources, so you have to like pare it down to the essentials, right? Yep. So that's 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 an exercise in like creativity, and then um, the game goes so quick because there's so few units on the table mm-hmm. that it's actually really fun to go back and forth, back and forth. Like next thing you know, it's your turn again. So uh, just a little shout out for low point games. Oh, the, the, yeah, you know the long the big point games allow you to bring all your toys. Yeah. But the small ones are can be fun because they yeah. move so fast and, nice, and everything counts a lot more. Yeah, it's a, it's know? a nice it's a nice exchange. Yeah, very fast. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. All right. So next um, next time we play, we're playing at a, at a thousand points. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's the end of the episode. I guess so. All right. We want to remind everybody to come visit us on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Please come by and say hi. We will have photos of the Tau versus Katari battle we just described. Plus, drop us an email if you can. Uh, we are the Eye of Terror podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. With that, I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. We'll see you soon. Bye.